Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we are finally going to cover uh, all of the events from January 16th, which was Saturday, all the way through to today, January 19th of 2021. I would like to apologize for missing yesterday. Uh, You guys, I have no idea what happened. I literally, like... All of a sudden, it was 11 p.m. on Monday, and I realized it was Monday. Uh, there, therefore, making it like impossible to record and edit this podcast and get it up on time. And also, it was 11 p.m. I was getting ready for bed when I realized it was Monday. I was that far behind on the eight ball. I cannot believe that I did that. I am... I don't know that I've ever forgotten that I was supposed to be recording a podcast, like, ever. I've not done it, but I don't think I've never, I've ever forgotten. So that was new. Um, Not sure what that was about, other than it was a weird week. Um, So we are going to jump right in. This is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, I expect, um, because we are covering seven countries and four days. So could be a little bit longer, but also it's still January and things are still really slow. Um, However, there has been something in every country over the past four days. So it'll be a little bit longer. Um, I'm going to try and keep it to like five, five minute segments or so um, just to try and help us all out. Um, So we are going to jump right in with the Belgian royal family. In Belgium, the weekend was quiet, as is pretty normal for Belgium. There are very rarely ever weekend events. Um, So Saturday and Sunday, there was nothing. And so we'll start with Monday. Monday, as per the usual, King Philippe held his weekly audience with the Prime Minister of Belgium. Um, And then together with Prime Minister Alexander de Croo, King Philippe swore in a newly appointed justice or judge to the Constitutional Court. So as I promised earlier in the year, I did want to do a little bit more digging on some of these government systems um, that the monarchs are involved in. Um, And so I did a little bit of that. Not a lot, just a little. Um, And I learned that the Constitutional Court, much like the name says, is the court... Um, focused on the constitution of Belgium and what is within the laws of Belgium and not. Um, It's the highest court of the land and is comparable, if you're from the States, uh, to the Supreme Court. Um, Here is a little bit of controversy that the wonderful world of Wikipedia has given me. So apparently, because Belgium and Europe in general are just so advanced, The court has 12 members, only three of which are women. Um, And so as part of like 
some equal opportunity laws because Belgium is so evolved. Um, I say that in sarcasm, but they are really evolved and it actually infuriates me that like there's no precedent like this for the US. Um, But that's why I said it like that. Okay, however, so the, the government is supposed to be appointing women until they reach a one third like participation, which would mean that four of them are supposed to be women. Currently, there are three sitting on the court. Um, so when this was reached in maybe 2016, uh, it was assumed that the next nominee would be a woman. He was not. So in 2018, it was a man. And then the gentleman sworn in yesterday, again, a man. So there are still three out of 12, making it a 25% women in charge instead of hold on I literally forgot how to do math but they don't have a third of the majority just a fourth um so that was infuriating to me um like a, I am not Belgian Belgian but this rule seems like It should be put in place, and it's not, and it annoys me. Um, However, I'm coming from a country that is finally just about to get its first woman in the highest-ish elected in the executive branch. It's the second highest office in the land. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. I'm still not convinced it's going to happen, (laughs) y'all. It's been a wild ride here in the U.S., Um, Okay, moving on to Tuesday. Uh, King Philippe held an audience with the State Secretary for Digitization. This is a continuous thing. He's meeting with government officials. Um, It seems like we've moved on from the ministerial level down a level to the state secretaries. Um, So that's awesome. And then he also, he had a lot of audiences today. He also had Um, an audience with the Secretary General of NATO or the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, um, which is basically the organization that has come out of World War II, uh, where all of the countries involved have basically formed a pact that they will protect each other. Um, This is something that, like, is super important um, to the defense of these European countries, as well as the U.S., which is a member, um, to keep everyone safe and hopefully prevent. uh, It's just another kind of safety measure in the prevention of a third world war. Um, So that happened. And again, this is something um, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde will typically hold uh, New Year's receptions. However, that is not possible in an age of COVID. So they have been all um, meeting with the heads of the different organizations they typically meet with. Um, and NATO is the last one. NATO is headquartered in Brussels, which is why they uh, meet with the uh, commanders and such for NATO. Um, and then finally on King Philippe's agenda, we're almost done. This is not gonna work. Uh, this is not gonna be five minutes. We're close. Um, So also today on King Philippe's agenda, he met with the president of Moldova um, in an audience. 
I didn't really read too much about it. I don't know why she's there or anything like that. Um, but that happened. Um, and then finally, whew, it's a lot, guys. Uh, today, Queen Matilda visited Handicap International, which is an organization, a nonprofit or a non governmental organization, um, where she participated in a roundtable discussion on the future of the organization which has an ultimate aim to help people with disability toward living an autonomous, independent life. So that's what was going on in Belgium. And we are now very quickly going to move on to the UK. Well, it was another um, quiet week weekend in the British royal family. Here's the thing, y'all. The UK is still in lockdown. Uh, the royal family is abiding by it because there has been some not great PR um, just around abiding by the laws and stuff of, of lockdown um, for multiple members of the royal family, but particularly... Um, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, but we just, I don't expect them to break any kind of, like, anything, because that didn't go over very well. So, um, there has been nothing public-facing whatsoever. Almost everything that's happening is happening behind the scenes. Um, so on Monday, after nothing on Saturday or Sunday, uh, on Monday, the Prince of Wales digitally attended the Philharmonia Concert Soiree, uh, which was held entirely digitally because the UK is in lockdown. Um, so we haven't seen any like video or anything like that from there yet. I expect that maybe in the next couple of days, but right now doesn't exist. So that is um, what was going on yesterday. I'm now going to quickly check the court circular and it looks like there was one event oh there were two okay so I wasn't going to talk about this however because Queen Elizabeth was not actually participating um but this is a court circular event so I'm going to read it and then explain a little bit about it um by command of the Queen, the Marshal of the Diplomatic Corps telephoned His Excellency Mr. Robert, Robert Wood Johnson this afternoon in order to bid farewell to His Excellency upon relinquishing his appointment as ambassador from the USA to the Court of St. James. Okay, so the Court of St. James is what the, like, royal, the UK is kind of called. It's where the ambassadors are sent to. <sighs> And you guys, it's starting. I can't wait. Um, so for those who don't understand the U.S. diplomatic system, um, typically these are political appointments, political donors um, who have been sent to represent the U.S. and um, aid in U.S. 
interaction in the country. So um, the ambassador from the U.S. to the court of St. James or to uh, Britain, England, England, um, is by my understanding a political person, political donor who was supported by President Trump, um, and who is just like in general, you know, a political hack. Um, and it's just very exciting for me to see these ambassadors leave. Um, it's just a step in the process of like a new administration is being sworn in tomorrow and life will hopefully seem a little more normal. Um, and so anyway, okay, so he'll probably leave his post tomorrow because he will no longer serve the current president, which is amazing. Um, and for those who are listening after January 20th, I hope that I will have calmed down by then. But like when new ambassadors come from the U.S. that have been appointed by Joe Biden, I will be very excited. I will talk about them. Um, and I'm going to be really excited when the old ambassadors that were appointed by President Trump are leaving because that's just another sign that this chaotic stressful four years has been over. So bear with me. Um, I'm trying not to get too political, but like I've made my political stances very clear. Um, and so I'm going to enjoy this moment. Um, okay, moving on now. Um, also on the court circular is the Duchess of Cambridge um, had a video link meeting with nurses um, as part of her role as patron for the Nursing Now campaign. Um, and then she also spoke to um, survivors of the Holocaust and the Holocaust Educational Trust Youth Ambassadors. Um, so we are coming up on, I think it's January 27th, um, will be the 76th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, um, and what really became kind of the marking of the end of the Second World War. Um, and so there are going to be a lot of events um, kind of centered around this in the next coming weeks, I suspect. Um, however, I do want to also say like, I with these will be as respectful to the tragedy as possible. Um, and talk about it with as much dignity um, and solemnness as possible. So unfortunately, that is where we are going to end uh, the British royal family's update. Um, and now we are going to go ahead and move on now to Denmark. There was an event in Denmark. I'm shooketh 
I am so shocked. I'm so excited. Um, this is the first event all year, except for, I think maybe there was one thing on the 4th, but it's now the 19th. So this is extremely exciting. Um, so we're going to start with the fact that on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, there was nothing. And then as I looked last night, because I was going to try and record a podcast at 11 p.m., but it just was not going to happen. Um, I saw that this event was on the calendar and I was very excited because while someone is working in Denmark, listen, everyone has a right to a holiday. I'm all for that. We're living in a pandemic. It's not a judgment. It's truly just, I miss them. And so I'm glad that Crown Princess Mary was back to work today. Um, So today, Mary took part in a digital meeting with the ICPD 25, which is a conference um, high-level commission that was created in, uh, I think on September 17th of 2020. You can actually go back and listen to that episode where I talk about it a little bit more. Um, but there was a conference on women's health and general women's rights, uh, in Nairobi in 2019, where several commitments were made, um, about ways to make sure that women are, you know, granted equal access to everything, including health um, rights. And because of a pandemic, access has been greatly constrained because we're living in the middle of a pandemic. So in September, a commission was created full of high profile individuals, including Crown Princess Mary, um, to make sure that these commitments are able to stay on track and create plans Uh, for this, even though we're living in a pandemic. Um, Because, like, I want to be pretty blunt and say, you know, things in the developed world are looking okay. I mean, they're not. But, like, we're going to live through the pandemic, most of us. Um, Unfortunately, a lot are not. but we're getting vaccinations. Vaccinations are here. Um, things are looking kind of on the up and up. I say that after the U.S. finally has had, you know, 10 minutes of official mourning so far for the victims. Um, like, things are not good. Like, I want to be very clear. Things are really terrible. But, like, we're getting vaccinated and... We're able to do a lot of these things. It might not be comfortable. It's definitely not fun. Like, it's hard, but we're able to. Um, And in an underdeveloped country where women do not have access to, you know, health and equal rights, um, things are not really going to improve as quickly as they have been here. Um, the pandemic is going to rage on. The constraints of the pandemic are going to exist for a long time. Um, and it's going to hit underdeveloped communities and countries more so than anything else. So this high-level commission um, was created so that underdeveloped countries can still somehow stay on track with these goals. Now, they don't share a ton about what these meetings are about. I don't know if they ever release minutes or anything like that um, because that's hard. But um, 
it was an event and I am very excited that Mary is back to work um, and hopefully I don't know if this means a pickup in the Danish royal calendar I hope it does but um, we'll see <laughs> so with that we are gonna go ahead and move on now to the Netherlands <laughs> In the Netherlands, after the um, shock of the government resignation on Friday, um, there was nothing on Saturday or Sunday, which again is extremely common for the Netherlands. I don't expect weekend events hardly ever, um, unless it would be part of a tour or something like that, which we won't see more than likely this year. So, uh, we're moving into Monday, um, where Queen Maxima took part in a virtual conversation with a mental health organization called MIND, or M-I-N-D, uh, where they talked about Blue Monday and ways to combat sadness. So, Blue Monday is something I had never heard of until last, yesterday, um, where, Apparently, this third Monday of the year is supposedly the saddest day of the year because you're coming off of the high of the holidays, which I don't know if it counts this year because, like, I didn't have a holiday high. I celebrated one day and then it was over and then, like, that was it. Um, but then I also really did spend most of my day just kind of chilling yesterday and was not super happy. But it wasn't sad. I don't know. Anyway, um, you're coming off of the high of the holidays. It's cold. It's dark. Um, I don't know. It was just, it's something I had never heard of, but it was like a really good thing to learn about. Um, and so Queen Maxima took part in this conversation with the mental health organization Mind, where again, they just talked about ways to like combat sadness and um, coping strategies and stuff like that. So that was yesterday, and then Queen Maxima was at it today with three different virtual meetings, um, all as part of her role as the UN Secretary General's social uh, Special Advocate for Financial Inclusion and Development, which is always such a mouthful, but I want to always say it anyway because I think it's important that I share like the full information um, and not the abbreviation, which doesn't always make sense. Um, so the first thing that happened is Queen Maxima went on a virtual visit to the country of Senegal to um, just this, she does this um, pretty much annually. She'll go on a visit um, and partake in different conversations about the country and their access to um, finance options. So that's what this was, except you can't go to other countries right now. So she went virtually. Um, and then she participa participated in an online conversation with the governor of the Central Bank of Mexico. And finally, a digital conversation with the director of the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, um, all about inclusive finance on an international scale. So there weren't a lot of details released on this when I was putting together this outline. Um, however, like there aren't always, and sometimes the information will come much later as part of like her annual report. Um, 
which doesn't come out until like September. So we'll, um, we definitely will, she does these events, you know, weekly, monthly, it really depends on what the role needs from her, but she is pretty active in the, um, special advocate role and does things quite a bit, um, there. So that's what was going on in the Netherlands. Um, not a whole lot of information because they weren't sharing information. They'll update it tomorrow, but like I'm recording a podcast now, so, um, can't really go into too much, but with that, we are going to go ahead and move on now to Norway. Well, we made it to our halfway mark. Actually, we're past our halfway mark, and there isn't a lot to discuss in the next three countries, so we'll be okay. Oh, there is a lot to discuss in Norway. Sorry, I misspoke. Um, But Spain and Sweden were pretty light. So, on Sunday in Norway, it was King Harald's Pearl Jubilee, or the 30-year anniversary of him becoming King of Norway, um, and so to mark the occasion, the royal couple, so King Harald and Queen Sonia, released four new pictures, um, a video, and then, like, kind of a recap of their, like, it was a two-minute video on YouTube about, like, their time on the throne in the past 30 years. Um, and a part of me is, like sad because I think this probably would have been like a party um I mean they never talked about it because by last year when things would have been being planned we were in a pandemic so of course um that's you know can't happen um but a part of me is like bummed because I looked at pictures and stuff from their 25th anniversary um 25th I think it's the silver jubilee is 25 years I think, um, and it's just, like, it's a party, it's a good time, um, and, like, of course that can't happen right now, but a part of me was sad, um, but then, like, the way they did celebrate it, honestly, was so special, like, the new photos are so stinking cute, um, I, I'll be very honest in this moment, I don't love a lot of the, like, older Scandinavian royals. Um, I'm much more interested in the younger generation of Scandinavian royals, but King Harald and Queen Sonia have, like, won my heart over the past year of talking about them and covering them. Like, they're just really cute, and they're so committed to their country, um, and I just think, like, it's so, it's amazing. Like, they're so great. Um, and so I was very excited by these pictures. I found them to be just adorable pictures in general. Um, it was just really cute. Um, the, they sent a, like a video message to the Norwegian people where they thanked them for like allowing them to be on this journey with them over the past 30 years. And then, like I said, kind of this video summary 
really highlighted like a lot of things um the good the atrocities that um Norway has felt um so I think it was in 2011 there was a um pretty brutal terrorist attack um in two different locations and I think it was the first time King Harold like ever showed emotion um on stage or anything like that and it was it was just really sad um but like they highlighted that and like the ups and downs that they've been through in the past 30 years like in terms of what Norway has been going through and it was just this really beautiful moment um it was like I said it was like two minutes long it was not a long video at all it was just so well done and well edited um I I think I've mentioned this I'm kind of like on an emotional hair trigger at this point um hoping that goes away tomorrow um and maybe after some therapy or something I don't know but like I was crying in it I was smiling it was it was a great moment um and I'm not Norwegian I just really like these two um and so I just found it to be a really pretty video and like congratulations to them. I know sometimes these anniversaries of being in on the throne are really difficult um, because it typically means that their parent died on the same day. Um, like I know Queen Elizabeth, I don't know if she's ever publicly said, but it's definitely widely reported that she does not like her anniversary of her reign because it's the same day her father died um and I think the same has been said with Queen Margaretha like they don't love that day it's just a day and honestly they spend a lot of it in like mourning because they lost someone they loved um but I think the way uh the Norwegian royal household did it was really like not focused on the day they became king and queen, but focused on, like, the past 30 years. And I just thought that was really special. Um, and it was just, it was really great. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful part of Sunday. Um, so then we got through all of that. And then on Monday, King Harald and Crown Prince Akun held an audience with the chief of the army. And then today, Tuesday, uh, Crown Prince Akun digitally opened the seafood days which is typically a large conference um for all the different parts and pieces of seafood manufacturing not manufacturing distribution um you know from fishermen to sales and all of the above um so he pre-recorded the video and it took place at a docked shrimp boat um, so he opened the conference um, and then was able to talk to the captain and some of the crew of the ship boat sh shrimp boat not ship boat shrimp boat um, about their experience during covid and you know covid of course we know it impacts like a lot of different things but Fisherman, uh, particularly this fisherman, makes most of his living selling the shrimp, the fresh caught shrimp from his boat to tourists in Oslo. Tourists aren't coming in, so he has his main 
selling group is not there. Um, And so that was like a really interesting piece. You know, every time, every now and then the Royals will still surprise me with like a new group of people that have been affected by the pandemic and a new way that people have been affected. Um, And this was that today. So that is what we had going on in Norway. It was a wonderful weekend. Um, And now we are going to move on to Spain. Spain, we have some events this week. They weren't canceled. I had a fear that both of these were going to be canceled because it was noon and they hadn't happened yet today on my time, which meant it was like 6 p.m. in Spain. Um, however, they both happen right at about 6 p.m. Um, so on Monday, I should preface, there was nothing on Saturday or Sunday, um, like at all whatsoever. No tweets, nothing. Um, so we make it get to Monday, and King Felipe participated in the 113th meeting of the Executive Council of the World Tourism Organization, which is an international group that um, focuses on international tourism, so tourism throughout all the different parts of the world. Um, so in King Felipe's speech, he really just talked about the importance of tourism and how painfully bad it is for the tourism industry. So this is something that I have talked about several times and usually in regards to Spain um, because they, their government in summer of 2020 really made a push for tourism. Like that's how they see, that's their path to rebuilding their economy. That's the only way Spain can really rebuild their economy. Um, But it's really bad for everyone. I mean, I'm a U.S. citizen. I can't go anywhere because I'm banned from the EU because, well, we did a dismal job of handling COVID. Um, The U.K. has just shut down to international visitors. Um, It's... So, like, I can't go anywhere as a, as a tourist. Um, and a lot of people are in that. And then there's also the economic impact that COVID, had, COVID has had on individuals. And so we still can't go anywhere because we have no money. So it's a rough world. And that's really what King's, King Felipe's speech was focused on. Um, but also the good that tourism can bring. Um, so... Yeah, it's a rough world out there for tourism. So that was Monday's event. And then today, King Felipe presided over the Conference of Ambassadors of Spain. Um, So this is something that existed until 2008. um, And it seems like the Minister of Foreign Affairs and 
European Union relations, I don't know what her full title is, um, brought it back um, to focus on the foreign policy of Spain as well as the upcoming priorities of the um, foreign service, so the diplomatic service in of Spain. Um, and so it didn't really talk about, like, why they brought it back. Um, I didn't... They don't have Felipe's speech anywhere, so I can't watch it. Um, I And I haven't watched the minister's opening address to figure out why now was the time to bring it back. I am going to presume, and this is like a big assumption, and I'm not qualified enough to make this assumption, but I'm going to make it anyway. Because I know enough. Not a lot, but enough. Um, that I can safely assume that the foreign relations world so is going to change a lot um, because the U.S. is not a reliable partner for the foreign community. Um, of course, I think we will be for four years, but we have not been for the past four. And our future is so confusing right now um that other countries need to start learning how to have these conversations and be a part of the global community without the U.S. um so I would assume that has a little bit to do with it and also um relations between other countries are changing like they're evolving which is normal um in general but like the U.S. chaos does not help with that. So, that's what I assume, but I haven't listened to any speeches. It's just a educated guess as to why something like that would be happening. Um, because Spain needs to have more reliable partners than the U.S. Because we're not all that reliable. Um, so, it needs to have foreign policy discussions with Germany and France and some of these, uh, the U.K. and some of these other power players uh, that aren't us. So, that's what was going on in Spain. Uh, they still have a full calendar for the week. Mostly it's King Felipe. Queen Letizia will be back on Thursday. Um, but mostly it's King Felipe this week. So, we are going to move on now to finish up in the Swedish royal family. <laughs> And we are finishing up. Sorry, guys. We went a little long. Although, not as long as I thought we were going to really go. Um, and there wasn't a lot going on in Sweden. So, Saturday and Sunday, there was nothing. Monday, King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, Crown Princess Victoria, and Prince Daniel met with the Director General of the Swedish Public Health Agency. Any guesses on to what they talked about? If you guessed COVID, you're right. If you didn't guess COVID, where have you been? Y'all, this is the only thing happening in the world. Maybe. It's not. As I'm about to basically pull an all-nighter watching U.S. politics burn in flames. Um, anyway, 
they had a discussion with the Swedish Public Health Agency about COVID and restrictions and all of that good stuff. Um, and then today, on Tuesday, Prince Daniel uh, took part in the annual Swedish Sports Gala. Uh, this is an event he does every year. Also normally participating is Crown, uh, Prince Carl Philip. Um, so he was also a part of it. They did two separate um, because they're in two households, they did separate, like, video greetings where they were both wearing tuxedos with bow ties, which I found to be hilarious because they were at their house. But it is my new favorite way to digitally attend an event. If you're going to a formal event, please wear a tuxedo with a bow tie from your living room. Please. I think it's amazing. Um, it's the best event so far of the year for Sweden because it's so funny. Um, and so this is, again, this seems to be like a Scandinavian thing. I've never heard of it. I mean, I guess in the U.S. we have, like, the ESPYs, which are the ESPN Awards, which are sports awards. Um, but they're not, none of our awards are funded by the government. Let's be honest. Um, but they're not funded by the government. They're not sponsored by the government or anything like that. Um... And maybe this is a part of the U.S. that, like, I just don't know that we have. Um, and if we do have, we haven't had for four years. So we'll see if it comes back in the next four. That'll be a fun challenge for me. Um, anyway, so this seems to be a Scandinavian thing where you do, like, annual sports galas where you're giving awards for sportsmanship. Um, so that's what was going on in Sweden. That brings us to the end. Um, I know it was a little bit of a long one. We did cover four days in less than 45 minutes, though. So props to us. Um, I will be back tomorrow or the next day, depending on um, the amount of events that we have. So if there are a good amount tomorrow, I'll talk about them all. Um, and if there really just aren't or I can't, like, expound expand on them we'll skip um but I will always give like a little one minute episode just saying like hey guys I won't be recording today because of this you know like I did yesterday so with that I will talk to you all tomorrow please enjoy the rest of your day um if you're a U.S. citizen uh please enjoy the inauguration or do not depending on your political affiliation um, I will be at home enjoying it tomorrow morning. So with that, I end um, this podcast and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye.